the more we understand about ourselves, we're going to be like the sun to our network. What you love, what you're good at, what your purpose in life is, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what value can you bring to any relationship. So you got to be really specific on what your brand is. Once you have that strong foundation, you identify the right people in your network who are the right people and the right of the right networks, and you pour all the tons of value into those to help them be amazingly successful. The Purple Line is a community podcast, bringing you in-depth conversations with diverse leaders in the public and private sectors. Whether you're a student looking to gather advice or a professional tuning in for valuable resources, our dynamic programming provides tips for all ages and backgrounds. I'm your host, Keith Fernandez, and this is The Purple Line. David Olivencia is an accomplished global technology executive and author with deep experience delivering measurable business results for leading organizations. He's the CEO and co-founder of Angeles Investors. Prior to Angeles Investors, David held various senior executive positions of increasing responsibility at Nippon Telegraph and Telephone, NTT, Ford Motor Company, Oracle, Verizon, SoftTech, and Accenture. David has leveraged his expertise in technology, business strategy, digital platforms, and networking excellence as an early-stage angel investor in 70-plus companies. He's been recognized as 40 Under 40 by Crane's Detroit Business, Crane's Chicago Tech 50, and Hispanic Business Magazine's most influential Hispanics in America. From a board service perspective, David has served on many private, civic, and nonprofit boards throughout his career. David Olivencia, thank you for walking along the purple line with us and joining us today on this Friday. Just to get right into it, can you share your experience in community service and talk about why it's important to give back to the Latino community? Wow, community service, I've had a long, long career in community service, primarily in the Hispanic community across the United States. I served on my high school's board of directors. I served with the Detroit Hispanic Development Corporation. I then, I was, I looked at, I was a member of the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. There was a point in my life where I wanted to get an MBA and I looked at these leaders in the National Society of Hispanic MBAs called Nashimba, and I admired them and what they'd done. I said, man, someday I'd love to get an MBA. I'd love to be in that, that group. Got an MBA, was in that group, and I became president of the Detroit chapter of Nashimba, which was great. And as part of that, there was we, we did a, an executive breakout, and there was a couple executives that, hey, we need there should be something focused on Hispanic technology executives. You know, we should really create something. because. There wasn't, I mean, there's still not many not now, but there was definitely not back, whatever, 15 years ago. So I created HiTech, the Hispanic IT Executive Council. Now it's one of the, I co-founded it. So now it's one of the leading technology organizations, technology leadership organizations in the world. And then right around that time when I was starting HiTech, even a little bit before, is when I got involved with Chile, the Congressional Hispanic Leadership Institute, when I was at Oracle and joined the board advisory board and then the board and then I was between board and advisory board. I've been involved with Chile for almost 15, 16 years or so. Did that. And then I've been on different community boards. Right now I'm on the board of the National Museum of Mexican Art. I'm on the board of WTTW in Chicago, which is the PBS station. 
And I've just started Analyst Investors, or not just, but about th- three years ago, co-founded that with several amazing leaders. And we are finding funding and growing the most promising Hispanic and Latinx startups in America. So that's kind of the service. So I would say, and there, I might be missing one or two in there, but what I would say is that it's been a kind of continuous progression of organizations that have helped build my network, but I've also learned a lot of professional development skills. I've met phenomenal dear friends to this day. And uh, you also give back. And also I learned by giving back as well. So those are some of the, if not most of the organizations I've been in, my, my thoughts around giving back and being part of those. Absolutely. And, and it's great that you mentioned that in this investors. I think for a lot of folks, they start with a community service career, Congress, nonprofits, whatnot, and then wonder how to make the jump into investing into the world of finance. Tell us how you started that and why you started that and dive a little more deeply into what you're doing with it now. Sure. So when I, when I got my, you know, I come, like all my parents and grandparents came from Puerto Rico we, mm-hmm. in Chicago with nothing. So I was never, I never came into money or anything like that. And then I first went my family to graduate, go to college, and then I fast track in the technology industry, multiple senior technology executive roles, Accenture, Oracle, Verizon, Ford Motor Company, a couple others. So that's what it's doing that I, I got my MBA at, at Notre Dame, which is phenomenal network, great education. When I was at Notre Dame, I really started to learn and really fell in love with, with startups startup ecosystem, the amount of wealth that was created, getting created by invest, by not only the investors in those companies, but the actual startup founders and teams, how they were growing and scaling. So that got me into the investing side of it. So I started doing angel investing in these companies. And as I was doing it, I, I looked out and I said, you know, there's three companies, but there's very few companies that, that, that I'm seeing. And then even alongside investors, I had, you know, and at least in Irish Angels, Notre Dame's alumni, it was only like 250 members and like only a handful, less than a handful yeah. of Latino investors. So I said, hmm, this is kind of interesting. And, you know, a lot of us who are, who are listening to this podcast, you know all the data what's coming, right? In terms of, you know, all the population, the youth and all of a sudden within the Hispanic community. So I said, I think it makes sense that we should create something focused on finding funding and growing the most promising Hispanic and Latinx startups. So did that, started that doing that three years ago, and it's been a blast. We've created a, a great national network of angel investors. We've done 22 or 23 investments. We've got our largest check size is like 1.6 million. Our average check size is 200,000. And we're seeing a real tangible difference in the impact that we're helping, that we're, that we're having, helping these companies grow and scale. And Everybody should win. Our investors should win. The startups should win. Our communities should win. And hopefully we can continue to do more of that. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I mean, what advice would you have to a current Chile intern or Chile alumnus or really anybody who wants to get into the world of, you know, angel investing or investing generally? And what skill sets do you need to develop? Yeah, so if I would say, first of all, it's business. So there's there's two things, multiple things. First of all, it's business acumen. So you should really begin to... All the you don't necessarily need an MBA, but you should just really start to strengthen your your business act, financial statements, marketing, markets, leadership, all these different things that are are components of call it like a business, right? So that that's one. Second thing 
and I was on Capitol Hill talking about this, is you also need to grow your financial, you need to grow your wealth. So because you have to cut a check and that like sometimes the minimum checks here are like five to $10,000, right? So you got to be, got to be careful on that. And then you got to be accredited. So for the most part, you got to be accredited. There's a couple of things that you could do, not accredited investment startups, but for the most part, you got to be accredited. And there's a definition, it's like 200,000 salary a year or you and your partner, 300,000 combined or a million dollars in assets. So in, in either way, you're gonna need to either save money or you're gonna need to grow that well. So those are two sides, you need to do it. And maybe the other thing that I would say is at Unlist Investors, we have a, a membership level called associate member. And with that with that membership level, you, you don't have to be accredited, but you come in and you get to learn about these startups, review due diligence, review the reports, help them learn about them, watch them grow over time, watch the ones that don't grow over, grow over time where you learn probably, you learn just as much from the ones that, that sadly don't make it than the ones that, that do. And, and you build the network because the network is very important if we, to be an investor in these startups as well, and be a successful investor in these startups as well. That's, that, that's incredible. And stay right there because we're gonna be right back with more of the Purple Line after this short message. Hello, this is Marianne Gomez-Horta, Chile President and CEO. You are listening to the Purple Line Podcast. We would like to thank the sponsors of our internship and fellowship programs. The Coca-Cola Foundation, Comcast, Altria Client Services, Ford Motor Company, The Home Depot, Walmart, UPS Foundation, Televisa Univision, McDonald's Corporation, and Cortiva AgriScience. Thank you. Thank you for coming back to the Purple Line. We are on with David Olivencia talking about investing, how he founded Angeles Investors, and now talking about his new book called Networking Excellence. Tell us a little bit about it and what inspired you to write this book. Yes, yeah, so the book, Networking Excellence, the work in networking is capitalized because it requires a lot of work. If you, if you ask people what's the number one or number one, number two skill to to more rapidly advance in your career, and that's true, your political career, work career, or whatever, they're gonna say it's networking. If you if you wanna find a job or get a new role, they say, oh, you need to network. And you want to more rapidly accomplish your goals, but they don't they don't really teach it in schools. It's very, very rare. And so I wanted to fulfill that demand to really help, you know, help those who are reading the book do, do those things. I also wanted to give back. I wanted to give back my experiences. I was helping start all those nonprofits that I talked about earlier and grow those and give back and like how I've been successful in investing, which is all a good chunk of it's networking and then really give back. I mean, I, I, I take my experiences and put them in the book. I've interviewed 30 or so excellent people that I put their stories and their tips and the techniques in the book. And I've read hundreds of books on this topic and I put those in the books. You look at, look at Chile. There's over the 15, 20 years I've been involved with Chile. And there's some rock star networking, excellent, excellence gurus, Link and Mario. They're, they're Eliana, they go on and on and on. Phenomenal, phenomenal leaders who I've learned from. I just learned watching them. I learned what they say, they speak, how they pull things together. And I put take all of that and write it in a book and put it out there for, for those to fast track. Fast track and use that. So that those those are the reasons why 
That that's that's amazing. And not to go over the skis on the book because people should buy it and read it, but definitely buy it and read it. But what are some general networking tips that you'd give to someone who's a college student, might be a current intern? And is there a particularly fun networking story that you have, either good or bad, that you can you can share just to show that we're all human too? We're not born great networkers. Yeah. So the, let's start with the tips. So in my book, I write about there's three major components to networking, and I'm not, I'm not going to go. Through, I'll go through them at a high level and maybe tell a, tell a story there. And the first is a deeply deeply understanding yourself, right? And I, I I say that we're the more you under if you look think about the sun, right? It gives us light. It gives us life. It gives us energy. It helps things grow. Planets evolve around it. And to our networks, the more we understand about ourselves, we're going to be like the sun to our network, right? Giving it all those, those great things. So deeply understand yourself, what you love, what you're good at, what your purpose in life is, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what value can you bring to your relationship? Like that's a lot of hard work. So then a lot of people don't do it or they do it, they kind of, they don't really do it in a disciplined way. So that's, that's one part of the foundation, having s smart goals, really smart goals and you can research that in my mind. But when I was, you know, in my er mid early twenties, I had kind of high level goals, but nothing really, really what they call smart. Then there's your brand and it is, you know, we live in a noisy world. So we're, we live in a noisy world and it's called it. now we're moving into an attention economy because we're getting hit with so many different things. So you got to be really specific on what your brand is and what you want to communicate off the wall that really, really communicate that and follow the foundational rituals. Once you have that strong foundation, you identify the right people in your network who are the right people and the run of the right networks. And you pour all the tons of value into those to help them be amazingly successful. Right. And then lastly, you want to go to networking events and do and leverage social media to amplify the value that you can give to your network on social media and in those networking events. So that those are the, the I'd call them, the, you know, just some of the tips that I, and the book has hundreds of tips, tools, techniques that you can use. In terms of stories, there's there's stories on the positive side. So the, the one story on the positive side, I'm not sure, sure negative one as well. The positive side is if you look at, so I was, I started the, I became president of the National Society of Hispanic ABAs. I then went on to be the co-founder of High Tech. And then at roughly when I started High Tech, I was with Chile. And Chile, I started, I, I was with those two networks. You know, I created, you know, you involved in those, I created them. And then within Oracle at the time, I became involved in Oracle's pack. So you, you really start thinking about what do you love? You have a foundation. I said, I love policy. I love technology. And so I was in those networks. And when you, whenever you get into a network and you're a great example of, of this, right, you got to get involved. You're actually yeah. alumni network. That's great. But how do you not get involved and help and support, which is where you get the, where you get the value. So I did that at the Oracle pack and I started doing that enough where at one point we were at, there was an event at the White House with the group called TechMed. And for whatever reason, the leaders at Oracle couldn't make it. But since I was involved in a pack and doing things, they said, hey, Dave, and you know, they think about you first. Hey, Dave, would you like to go to the White House and do an event with like the head of the commerce and all these interesting, interesting people? I said, yeah, what then? So I get, I get to go to this networking event 
And to the extent you can, you see, well, who's going to be there? And I, and I started looking at the people. I said, wow, this is an interesting group of people, leaders in technology, Silicon Valley, all that kind of stuff. And I remember going to a networking event. The, well, the, like they had a the couple sessions. They brought in all the different you know, heads of commerce and all that kind of stuff. And then they had the networking event. And I, you know, and I, I knew I wanted to connect with this person. And I was you know, just doing some of the tools and technology. So the person was ended up being the head of the, 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 the chairman of the NASDAQ stock exchange. And I looked at, and I was thinking, you know, because it's always about value to them, not value to me. It's like, how can I, well, how can I help the NASDAQ? But it's also a win-win. So I, I reached out, I, I spoke with the head of the, the NASDAQ, and we're sitting there talking and all that stuff. I say, hey, you know, I'm, I co-founded HighTech. A lot of our members and our sponsors, they're, they're on the NASDAQ stock exchange. You know, we, we'd love to open the NASDAQ at some time, right? Which is a bold ask, right? I mean, it's, you know, we were all like a three-year-old nonprofit. And this was... Go out on to 20 or 10 or something like that. I made a bold ask and he ended up saying, he ended up saying, yeah. So we followed up and blah, 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 you know, and random, they end up opening the NASDAQ with high tech when we were three years, three years into it, which was, you know, amazing for a three year old organization. One story, and I got lots of other stories that I chat on as well. Well, what, the one story that's, that, I, that I use in the book, and I think it's a, a great example of what we should not do, and it's called 911 networking is, is what, it, what, what we call it. And 911 networking is when you haven't heard from somebody in years or decades, and they reach out to you and they say, David, I just lost my job. I'm in transition. I could use your help. And you're like, you don't even say hi, hello, family. And you, you kind of went right to it. Yeah. So I talk about that at the book and that, and, and how you should avoid that is always keep your network warm. And when then you can use social, you can use other ways you know, to do that. Simple email every once in a while. And we all get busy, but there's, there's, I talk about some tools and techniques that can be used to do that. I and mean, social, just putting something out there, thanking those who follow you on a regular basis is, is an example. But, there, but there's many others. That's one. And there's another one that I share in the book, a story in the book, just about somebody who was going for a job. And some, somewhat of the same thing. He, he ended up just spamming, spamming the board of directors saying how he, you know, he'd like to meet with them you know, to talk about this job. And, you know, he, he didn't get the job and, and the, the moral of the story there, if you want it, you want to start building, you want to start building relationships well before you need something and give tons of value and help them be successful. So positive story, tell them a couple of things to avoid as well. Totally. You don't build the house when the hurricane's hitting. You've got to do it a few years before. You got it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Well, last, last serious question, then we'll get into a lightning round of fun ones. You've had a few transitions for your career, you know, you've gone from community service to angel investing and supporting startups. And as an author now, how is that, how is the process of being an author different from what you've done before? Is it more self-discipline? Is it more, you know, external deadlines? Like it seems just so different than the experience of many people have in their professional lives working at their nine to five jobs. So tell us a little bit about what writing the book was like. Yes, that's a great question. It, it is it's a bit different. It's different. It's different muscles. And as I was writing the book, I, I ran a marathon, and I, I compare writing a book as I was writing. I said, "Man, this is a lot like a marathon." And in that, 
you know, you're riding every day a little bit and you're running every day. On weekends, you'd have a long run. On weekends, I'd have a long ride. It, in both cases, you're preparing for one big day, which is the, either the, the marathon itself or when the book is released. But as I got into the process, the, the authoring process, I realized that it's writing a book is more like a triathlon than a marathon because the writing a book is like the running part, but then you've got to market the book, right? And, and, and the, the marketing of the book is what I, it's more like the, the bicycle. It's a different, it's a, it's a different set of muscles. It's a different strategy. It's different training. It's different tools. And, and that and marketing the book is that you really got to be thinking about that early. You don't, you know, you think about that while, while you're writing the book, which is something I learned. And then there's all the operational parts of the, you know, of the book, which is like the swimming part. You don't see it. It's not sexy, but under the covers, you're scheduling events, you're doing invoices, you're tracking how your sales are doing and all that kind of stuff. So, so in, in life, you know, you've had deadlines and, and coaches and things like that, which have helped me and all that stuff. So you got to be disciplined about it. But just like anything, if you want to be successful in anything, you, you got to be disciplined about it. But those are the, it, it's more than just the writing of the book. It's all, I, I, I was unaware of all the other stuff that you really need to do to be a successful, successful author. But I love it. I'm, I love learning. I'm, I'm still learning things. I don't, and I love it. And I love to learn. And, and to the extent I can give back as well, I love giving back, which goes to my foundation, right? I mean, I, those are the things that I love, make me happy, my purpose of life. So, so yeah, that's, that's uh, the, the writing journey. By the way, it's still, I mean, I'm still kind of in the next phase. I'm still kind of in the, call it the, the, the bike part and, and, you know, I'm still <laughs> out there selling and speaking and all that kind of stuff on it. So it's still, it's still the merit, the triathlon still continues. That, that's amazing. And, and, and really, and just a reminder, one networking excellence by David Olivencia, great book, go out, buy it, read it, give it to your friends and family. And now we can move into fun questions, which, you know, they're not really marathons. So hopefully there'll be more sprints of the mind. So. First off, what's your favorite TV show or movie or top two? You know, I saw this weekend, I saw uh, Air, I think with Mike K. Jordan's story. And having grown up in Chicago and loved business tech, I really loved that movie. That was excellent. I liked, I like Game of Thrones. I like House of Cards. But, you know, those are kind of like series that I like. Uh, so those are, those are, those are movies I like. Love it. You're a disciplined guy. You're a marathon runner. You're an author. You invest. But what's your favorite guilty pleasure? Ooh. Guilty pleasure. I'll eat, I'll eat like a dessert, like a big you know, chocolate chip cookie or something like that. It's probably my, my, guilty, my guilty pleasure. Okay. Amazing. It's Friday. Calories don't count. So you can, you can definitely oh. do it. <laughs> That's the oh. rules. It doesn't count on Fridays. And then, <laughs> And then finally, what's your favorite place to travel or place that you want to travel? I love to travel. I have 2 million, two million mile airline miles. The more you see in the world, the more you want to see in the world. I haven't been back to Europe in 10, 15 years. I loved Europe. There's so many places I want to see in the world. I've never been to China. I've really, so many of us, I've never been to Switzerland. There, there's, I've never been to Africa. So there's, I could go on and on and on. We live in a beautiful world and I, I, the more I've traveled, the more I want to see New Zealand that can go on. So <laughs> I can't wait till I can travel more and see all those beautiful places in the world. 
That that's awesome and an inspiration for my bucket list too. So David Olivens, yeah, thank you for joining us and walking on the purple line, talking about your career, your book, networking excellence, and talking about the things that you love to do, whether personally or professionally. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, well, hey, thank you. My pleasure to be on the purple line. All those who are listening, get out there and network. Can't wait. Thanks again, David. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Purple Line. You can follow me at underscore Keith Fernandez on Twitter. And make sure to follow Chili across all social media platforms at The Chili for the latest updates. 